0: for you. We have. That's better. Yeah. Anyway, we have a welcome card. So if you're a guest here and you want to be more than a guest because this is family, then there are some cards that you can fill out so we can get your details and get information to you about our friendship groups and other things that are happening during the course of the year. There's also new ah, new giving cards. So if you're a person that prefers to give via credit card, we now have the ability to be able to do that. I know that a lot of the people within our family give online, directly into the bank and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's cool. Some give with cash. That's cool, however you give. But there's also giving cards so that you can give via your credit card because that's what Mel and I do during the week. And then we cry when we're paying it off in Jesus' name. Anyway. It's to get the points, you know? It's to get the points. You pay with your cards and get the points. Anyway. That's not a church sermon. We'll just move on from there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Last week, when I spoke last week, I spoke that we were more spiritual and physical, that we are more spiritual beings than we are physical beings. Everything that happened on the Friday that led to this day, this resurrection day, was to remind us and to show us and to bring us into this spiritual life. Amen? And so... I love the fact that on Friday, Good Friday just passed, Mel shared that because of the cross, because of everything that Christ did on that cross, because of the blood that was shed, because of the way that Ali even um, explained it so well this morning, that the blood that was shed has done away with our sin, past, present, future, yeah? He doesn't. Christ, Jesus doesn't have to die over and over. Because of the blood that he shed, we are now made alive, amen? I mean, that's pretty exciting. So... I want to today, if I can, on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, continue from that place. Um, Churches of Christ as a movement in its history is actually phenomenal. If you go back to its beginnings, its core beginnings, it was so powerhoused, power-filled. The stuff that was happening through the Churches of Christ in its inception was amazing. Everybody was accepted. There was no having to be baptized to be a member. There was none of that stuff. Trust me. Their focus was on Christ and Christ alone. Phenomenal history. You should look it up. But somewhere in its journey, traditions were set, yeah, because of the culture that people found themselves in at different times of the year. And some of you may recall and some of, you, some of you that don't have a Church of Christ background wouldn't remember, but often you would find the communion table off to this side of the church, you'd find the pulpit over here and they would get to the communion service and they would utter these words, we have now come to the central part of the service. Well, there's some truth and there's some fallacy in that. So everything about Christianity is all about what he did for us on the cross and the fact that he rose from the dead. But it's not the central part of the service. It's not the central part of our life. It's the core. It's the foundation. It's the beginning. Yeah? So we can't live a Christian life unless Christ died on the cross. In fact, we can't live a Christian life unless there's a resurrection Sunday. So it's not the central, as in the, you know, the center of our life or the center of the service. It's just the beginning. See, from here, everything begins. Yeah? Yeah? From here, everything begins. And so I just wanted to fix some of that theology because without the cross, we wouldn't be able to live what we're living today. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't be able to live what we're living today. But it's the beginning of our real life. Yeah? It's the beginning of our real life. That's why it's at the beginning of the New Testament. It's not in the middle of it. Yeah? at the beginning of the New Testament. And then the rest of it goes on to explain the life that we can now live. Amen? That's why it's a celebration. That's why we shouldn't be mourning. And so that's what Easter Sunday is about. So let's pray. And let's see if we can pick up from Mel on Sunday that we've been made alive. There's a couple of scriptures. Some are long. Some I might jump through. We'll see how we go. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the wonderful plan that you had to bring us back into your fold, into your family. We thank you the way that you orchestrated everything, Father, that even when your son went to the cross, even in, in those dire moments when he cried out to you, not my will but your will, I, I thank you that, that Jesus was so in love with you, the Father, that he still went to the cross under physical duress. But Father, knowing the celebration that was to come, I thank you today we focus on that celebration. I thank you today that we focus on that wonderful resurrection. I thank you that today we we focus on the power that now lives within us to live that life. Lord, you're a glorious God, and as we give you glory, we pray that you would do something special in each and every heart in this place, in each and every family. Father, that even as we walk out from this place, Father, may may we have such an anointing even upon our clothes, Father, upon our hands, Lord, that as we touch people out in the community and our families over the course of today, that they would receive a touch from you. (laughs) In the same way that that Paul prayed for for bits of clothing, Lord, and they would take it and heal people, I pray today that we would experience the supernatural like that today. Because it wasn't just for yesterday, it's for today. So we give you all the glory, we give you all the honour. And all these people said... Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, let's have a look at John. John chapter 20. We're going to read from verse 1. And it just reads, Early Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, with whom, the, the one sorry, whom Jesus loved. She said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first always went in, also went in and he saw and believed, for until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw the two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, If you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. Wow. Gotta love that. Yeah? You really, you really, in essence, you've got to love that. Here's a guy. His name's Jesus. And he's dead. <laughs> Just get it through your, your minds for the moment. He's dead. There's no heartbeat. There's nothing. He's lying flat out. If he was in hospital, he would have flatlined. There was no beat. He is dead. Like I'm talking rock solid dead. Like a goldfish floating at the top of your goldfish, you know, bowl. Like dead. Like, like a, a pet that's gone into rigor mortis. Like dead. Like I'm talking dead. Like not a breath. Not a snore. He wasn't in a deep sleep. Dead. He was flat out dead. Not a little. Not almost. Not a touch. Completely dead. Because you can't be part dead. You know that? Spiritually, well, that's another thing. But physically, you can't be part dead. If you're dead, you're dead. But somehow, there's this supernatural power, and when they all get there to find that he's not there, here's Mary, and she sees a guy, and it's Jesus. So though he was dead, now he's standing there alive. Man, that would freak me out. You know, that would freak me out. If any of you die and I go to the hospital and I do the thing that we're supposed to do, we pray, believing, you know, for a miracle because your wife or your husband is so like, so beside themselves. We think you can't leave them like this. So Lord, raise up this person. And then all of a sudden you would get up and you just get up like that. I would go down like that. Because you were dead. You'd flatlined. There was no breath. But somehow, here's this man standing there alive. I'm going to share some great theology. It's revelation. You may never have got this before. Do you know why they call it Resurrection Sunday? Because he resurrected from the dead. Go figure. Can you believe that? They call it Resurrection Sunday because this guy was dead and then he resurrected to life. So they figure, well, if he resurrected, we'll call it Resurrection Sunday. You know, the marketing team back then were brilliant, weren't they? They were just brilliant. You know, and what I love about this particular Sunday, this day, is that it's a constant in-your-face reminder of the life that we've been invited to step into. In fact, the life that we've been given. Can I say, I know it's none of us here. But we've got to get past mourning his death, yeah? The death wasn't the finish. The death was the beginning of life, yeah? We've got to get past mourning his sacrifice. Because I know... When I stop and I think and I ponder and I meditate, all that he did and the pain that he went through, even on Friday, just reading, just reading through Isaiah, I'm overwhelmed with emotion because of what he went through. But that that's not the end. I don't live in that place. I don't stay knelt at the cross weeping. That God would die. Oh my goodness, why did you die? Let me give you the answer so that you could live. Yeah? Because it's just the beginning. But Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, is all about stepping into the life that's now been given to us freely. Absolutely for free. We have, as Mel put it, been made alive. Amen? Because of that sacrifice, because of, Today, because of Resurrection Sunday, you and I have been made alive. Not part alive, yeah? Not on life support. You're not on life support. It's not a fix when you need a fix. It's you are 100% flat out alive. Yeah? Today, Resurrection Sunday is a reminder of not just his life, but your life resurrecting from a place of death. Look, that's why we celebrate. Ephesians, I'm reading from the message version, and I love it. Like he's alive, now we're alive just like him. So Ephesians chapter two from verse one says it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in the old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, you gotta love the way to put it. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Like, Seriously, in the western suburbs, if we, someone was talking to me, they would say, Andrew, how stupid can you be and still breathe? Yeah, Like we let a world which doesn't know the first thing about living tell us how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled, exhaled disobedience. We all did it. That's all of us. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us instead immense in mercy and with an incredible love he embraced us he took our sin dead lives and made us alive made us what alive made us what alive he did all this on his own with no help from us in other words it's got nothing to do with you mel you're not alive because you did anything it's all because of what he did he did it all on his own with no help from us Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven, in the company. You love it with Jesus, our Messiah. Man, we took that dead goldfish, yeah, and we spoke life, and we picked it up, and all of a sudden it's it's going for it, and we sit it down right next to us, the person who spoke life into that, and it's there flapping next to us. That's what God did. Took us when we were dead. Picked us up. We're now freaking out. Oh my goodness, we've got this new life. I don't know how to live this life. And then he sits us down right next to him. And some of us are still freaking out and flapping about. I don't know how to live this life. But he's given it to us. He's seated us right next to him. We've been made alive. It's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. I Man, I love it. As wise as a serpent but as harmless as a dove, the Bible says, yeah? Verse 7 to 10 in the message version of Ephesians 2 says, now God has us where he wants us. Oh, you shifty God. I can't believe you did that. Why didn't you leave us all the way over here? But no, what does he do? He dies, he resurrects, he picks us up while we're dead, brings us over, flapping, clapping and screaming, and then he says, now I got you exactly where I want you. Man, what a God. What a God. We didn't beg him. We didn't ask him. He just did it anyway. With all the time in this world and the next and the next, I love it, to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Now, get this. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. So far, so good, yeah? It's God's gift from start to finish. Yeah? God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role, you and I. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. Now you've got to get this, yeah? We neither make nor save ourselves. The next line, God does both the making. God does both the making and the saving. This whole thing here is all about the saving. We're saved. But now that we step here, it's all about the making. It's about what he's made us. This is a sweeping generalization. Why is so much of Christianity around the world still here? Why are they still stuck in their salvation? It's a good place to be to start. It's like the beginning of a race. But now God say, says, now I'm going to make you. But we've got to move. We've got to move with him. Because he's making us, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. i have got to love that, in the work he does. Didn't we talk about some of this two weeks ago? The good work that he's already gotten ready for us to do. Work, I love this, work that we had better be doing. Oh, It's like I've saved you, I've brought you here. Now you're going to do the stuff that Jesus did. And by the way, it's already ready for you to do, and you better be doing it. Like, hold on, God. Like, we didn't have a choice. It was good not to have a choice, because what he did was a good thing. But we've got to understand that he's making us, because doing the work that he has ready for us, we've got to understand what he's made us into. Resurrection Sunday is all about reminding us of what he's made us into. You and I are alive. We have been saved by his death and purchased by his blood. Amen. But the resurrection is more than just our salvation. It is more than just our salvation. See, the resurrection is also about what he's making us and in fact what he's made us. Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters that can join him in his work. Like a businessman that has plans for their son or daughter to come straight up into the business has trained them, has made them to be the best they can be and they fit right in, yeah? That's what the Father has done for us. Work that is already ready for us. I love the fact that when you often see pictures of the resurrection, you see the tomb, the empty tomb? Don't you often see a really dark tomb and light emanating, yeah? That's how they draw it, don't they? Or it's all light outside and inside the tomb, it's really dark. But generally speaking, it's the light escaping the darkness. That's how they draw it. They they draw this glorious light. We now, you see, can walk from death to life. And it's a glorious life that has a glorious light for those around us if we can grab hold of it. Now, those pictures aren't too far, you know, remiss of reality. You know, in in those pictures, they're showing what happened. And when you and I share in this resurrection life on Resurrection Sunday, it can be seen. You've got to understand, it can be seen. It can be seen. The life that you live, the life that that he's made, what he's made you into, as you step into that, it can be seen. It's a glorious life that shines a glorious light. It's Easter Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. It's all about you and I walking out of our old life and stepping into our original design, stepping into our true identity. Yeah? It's God saying, they stuffed it up back in the garden, but I've got a plan and now I'm going to make you the way that I'd intended from the beginning, before the rest of you stuffed it up. Yeah, and it's a glorious life. It shines a light to those around us. It shines out from the darkness. There's a quote by Lisa Bevere, um, and it's been on Facebook. Really good quote. And it says, "The battle's not against who we have been; it's an all-out war against who we are becoming." And I'd go as far as to say it's an all out war on who we've become. Yeah? Becoming is our mind catching up, but we have become. Yeah? From the moment that we've said yes to Jesus and we've stepped into our sonship as sons and daughters of God, we have become. We are sons and daughters of God, not becoming sons and daughters. But our mind has to catch up. Our mind has to catch up with the fact that in this place on Resurrection Sunday, we truly have the authority of heaven. We are ambassadors of the living God. We bring the government of heaven to earth. That's who we are. We're seated at heavenly places. As Mel shared on Good Friday, with open heavens, yeah? Above us, hovering over us. You know, I said on Good Friday, the cross wasn't about making bad people good. It was about making natural people, you and I, supernatural, yeah? It's not about good and bad. It's about you were lost living in the world, a world that has no idea how it should live. But now I'm going to show you a new way to live and I'm going to step you up into heavenly places. You're sojourners in this earth. Your citizenship is not here. It's in heaven, yeah? Yeah? And it's in this place that we live a supernatural life because, as Mel said, we have been made alive. I mean, I reckon that's brilliant. I reckon that's really good. I reckon you guys aren't really giving it enough credit. Thank you. See, when Jesus walked out of the tomb in that resurrection power, it showed us, it showed you and me what we can do. It showed us what's in us. It showed us that we have that same resurrection power in us to do the same thing. See, Jesus was in a tomb. He was in death. And yet, when Mary found him, he was in life. He walked out from death to life. Yeah? He walked from death to life. So, you and I are not just saved. Easter's not about a get out of jail free card like in Monopoly. That's not how it works. Yeah? It's an invitation to live supernatural. It's an invitation to live a supernatural life as daddy, sons and daughters. So you and I can walk out of the dead things in our life and walk into life. Did you know that? That's what's inside of us. Man, you should be jumping up and down ecstatic and excited about that. That means the despair that you're feeling, yeah? The despair that you're in from day to day, you can actually go from that place and you can walk into life. Jesus walked from death to life. There's our example. He's made us, placed within us the fullness of God. We can walk from those dead places to these places full of life. Anyone ever felt hopeless? Felt in hopelessness? Ever, seriously. Like it must just be me because of my parenting skill, yeah? I can go from that place of hopelessness and I can walk into life. Anyone ever felt anxiety or depression or in those moments? Actually, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to, sweeping generalization, all of us experience depression from time to time. The difference between those of us that experience depression and those that are depressed, we only go through it for a moment. All right, there's my sweeping generalization. You know when we feel those things? For those of us that will be honest and transparent, we can go from that place of death like Jesus and we can walk into life. We have the power within us to do that. Do you, know, it, you don't even need anybody else's help. If you can truly tap into who you are on Resurrection Sunday, you can walk from death straight into life. You know times that you worry and you worry. I, I worry sometimes and I speak to Mel and she tells me, well, that thing that you're worrying about, you shouldn't be worrying about. I go, thanks, love, and I smile and I go, And well, that didn't help me at all. You know, like you've never had those moments at home. The truth is that when I'm feeling worry in that place of death, I can physically, spiritually walk into a place of life. It's Resurrection Sunday. It's about being buried in the tomb full of death. But because of what's inside of us, that power, you and I now as sons and daughters can walk into life. Man, the truth is, oh, clap, Trev, do it. It's really good. If we stop for a moment and just think about the stuff that we go through, hear me, it's inside of you to walk from that place into a place of life. It's inside of you. You can do it. I'm telling you, not you yourself, but the you that's in you, yeah? The spiritual person that's inside you, the real God-man, God-woman, you can walk from that place of death to life. I love it. That's why the Bible says we go from glory to glory and strength to strength. You know, John 14, 12 says, I'll tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. See, Resurrection Sunday is about reminding us that we can do this. Resurrection Sunday is about reminding us you are like Christ. That's what it's telling us yeah i'm not blaspheming i'm not sharing heresy but the bible says that we can do what christ did in even greater things we are like him we are his hands and feet his mouthpiece we are his examples in this community on this earth we can do greater things that means ears can be opened. yeah that means eyes can see that means lame people can walk Regardless of what we actually experience, don't let it change your theology of what is reality. Because our reality is not the physical, our reality is the spiritual. Because we've been made, we've become. Yeah. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, life where there was death. Because we've been made alive. Romans 8 verse 9. says but if god himself has taken up residence in your life you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him anyone of course who is not welcomed this invisible but clearly present god the spirit of christ won't know what we're talking about but for you who welcome him in whom who, who dwells even though you still experience all the limitations of sin you you yourself experience life on god's terms that means sometimes you may still suffer. Things may still come against you, yeah? Doesn't mean that you're a sinner, means like this is the worst analogy I can give you. Pretend walking into a pub. You're not a smoker, but you used to be a smoker, but you haven't smoked for years. You walk into a pub and they happen to be smoking in there because there's a smoker section, and you walk home and as you walk out of the place, you're walking home, you think I can still smell smoke, you know? Once Christ died for us, he's dealt with our sin, yeah? Full stop. But there's still remnants of it that we're dealing with, yeah? We've become his sons and daughters, but there's things occasionally that we think, oh, that's still there. Let's fix that. And then God will point something else. Andrew, you still get a little bit angry sometimes? Oh, yeah, I do. I thought I left that at the cross. No, Andrew, you actually, you didn't leave that at the cross. You thought you left that at the cross. You only left a little bit at the cross, and your wife's been reminding you for the last 13 years, I want to deal with that and take that out, Yeah? So sometimes there are limitations, but we experience life on God's terms because we're His children living in heavenly places, yeah? I love how it goes on now. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, that's our life, right? He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus. Now, that's enough to say, oh my goodness, let me repent, start all over again. is you it? Know, how good's that? He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you, as He does, as surely as He did in Jesus, you are delivered from that, from that, from that dead life. That's brilliant. Don't live in your anxiety, depression, your negativity. Don't live in your worry, your anger, your jealousy. Don't live in in trying to keep up with the Joneses. Don't live in that dead place, but step into this place of life. That's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. And it's inside of us to be able to do that. With His Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. Even your body, oh, now He's really freaking us out, isn't it? Our body, this, this tainted, six-packed piece of flesh is... Like, that was really good, by the way. That was funny. <laughs> is as live as Christ is. Like well, that's brilliant stuff. So what we receive from his death and resurrection is not just salvation, but it's the same power to walk from death to life. You've got to understand it's the same power. I'm not trying to put us above anybody else. We're not better than anybody else, but we are like Christ because of what God has done in us. Amen. You've been delivered. We've been delivered from that dead life. So don't walk in it. Don't walk in it. Don't stay in it. Don't linger in it. Don't let those thoughts stay. Don't hang around with those people that keep you in that place of death. You know what? Boot them off. Get rid of them. They're like heavy luggage. They don't want you to live the resurrected life. You're not supposed to stay there. You and I, we're supposed to be living all the way over here. But if someone's got you trapped here somewhere, make the move. Make the choice, because choice is not chances of determine your destiny. It's Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. It's about the life that you can live, amen, because we have been made alive in him. Amen. I know that song. Now, it can be difficult, can't it? But the reality is, it can be difficult. We know what the scripture says. We know the promises that he's given us. We know what we experience, good and bad. We know the times that we've prayed and we've seen the miraculous work of God. We know the times that we've prayed that it feels like we haven't seen it. I can understand this father's cry in Mark chapter 9, verse 22. It says, The Spirit often throws him. He's talking about his son and he's speaking to Jesus. And he says, The Spirit often throws him into the fire into water trying to kill him have mercy on us and help us if you can he says what do you mean if i can jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes verse 24 the father instantly cried out i do believe but help me overcome my unbelief see i can understand this father's cry he believed in jesus If he didn't believe in the healing work of the Lord, he would never have brought his son there. He believed it. He believed that Jesus could do it. He believed it. Like, that's why he took his son there. But he needed a little bit of help to grab hold of the supernatural. I know he's done it. I've heard the stories. He healed my neighbor's aunt, his grandmother's sister from the issue of bleeding. Like, I know he can do it. I heard that he did this, and, I was, and the blind guy, and, the de- and then the blind guy, yeah, oh, I'm, I know he can do it. So he brings his son, but now he has this moment of doubt, and he says, help me with my unbelief, because he's struggling with the supernatural. See, for, for me, I'm not even going to say it's for you, I reckon this is really close to where I walk, and, and possibly for some of you too, that if we're to be totally honest and transparent, we're saying, yeah, can I, I can hear what you're saying, Pastor. I know the scripture. Oh, I, I know God. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I, I know the Holy Spirit's in me. Oh, I know that, that I'm supposed to be a, a son and daughter of God with, with my citizenship in heaven. And I'm and I'm just so journeying through this earth. But really, to be honest, it's just so hard. You know, I believe you can do that. I believe, I believe we can do greater things. I believe Trevor can do it. And I, and I believe Alan can do it. And I believe Sandy can do it. I definitely believe Evelyn can do it. I know they can do it, God. I know you can do it through them, I know. But me, God, it's not that I don't believe it. I, I just don't believe it for me. Help me, Lord, with my unbelief. You know, I know I'm saved. I know, I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm living in eternity and I know that my eternity is assured. Amen for that. Thank you, Lord. I I know that all authority is mine and you you sent me out to make disciples of all nations. I know that, God. I I know know that you've done that, 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 that. There's open heavens, God. I know. But God, you don't know what I was thinking this morning. You know, Lord, help me with my unbelief. You know, that's why I love this passage in James 1. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Now, we ask him to help us. He loves to help. So we're supposed to walk from death to life. He will help us even in our doubt. He will help us with our unbelief. Yeah, the struggle here for this dad and the struggle for us is not about, yeah, it's not about our salvation. I'm telling you, people don't, they don't struggle with their salvation. People know that they're saved because they're here. They know what the cross has done for them. They know how precious the blood is that was shed. They know the price that was, was paid to purchase them. It's not an issue of salvation, but it's an issue of what we've become. It's an issue of what he's made. It's an issue of how we walk. It's an issue on how we live and how we think. It's not an issue of whether we're saved. We know that we're saved and we're quite happy telling people we believe in Jesus. But that's not the issue. See, we've been made alive. And sometimes we need to be able to say, Lord, I'm about to pray for this person. I'm believing that you can heal them, but I don't know if you can do that through me. Just hold on a minute. God, help me with my unbelief right here, right now. Help me to step into my... True identity as your son. Thank you. And grabbing hold of what he's done and then praying and then moving forward and then seeing God do the supernatural where we were once natural, we are now supernatural. Amen. It's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. You and I have been made alive in Christ. Amen. You know, I love the fact that not only... Do we walk from death to life? But we can speak life where there's death, can't we? Man, I I won't read it, but we know the story of Lazarus. You know, Jesus goes to the tomb and he cries out and he says, Lazarus, come forth. We know what I love. The dead man didn't argue with him. I don't want to get up, God. No way, Jesus. I'm staying here. They've wrapped me beautifully. I love the linen clothes. No, you know what? Death didn't argue. Jesus, having the fullness of the Father in him, which we now experience because he is in us through his Holy Spirit, spoke to death and death became life. We can speak to places of death and bring life. Did you know that? Even Paul, I mean, you've got to love it. Paul being completely restored to his original design. In Acts 20, I won't read it, but he's preaching. And it says that he was preaching for a long time. Some versions say he was preaching too long. I don't think that that's a possibility. You can't preach too long. Word of God could never be preached too long. Really, you know, like Paul was preaching all night. Could you imagine if we did that? How powerful would the move of God be? And I know that all of you here would be so excited about sitting here all night while we just preach the word of God anyway. So Paul here, he preaches and this young guy called Eutychus just like falls asleep and falls out the window. Three stories up or something. Hits the ground, dead. No heartbeat, no breath, no snoring, flat-lined. No portable defibrillator to come along. Can't do that. So Paul says to the people he's preaching to, hey, I know you're enjoying my preaching now. Just give me a moment. I'll be right back. And he runs down the stairs. He goes to the guy, slaps him around a little bit, says, come on, get up, wake up. Let's go. I'm preaching. You you know, you're like, I'm losing my momentum at the moment. And the guy gets up and goes, okay. And he comes back up with Paul, sits back down at the front this time, not next to the window. And Paul keeps preaching. That's awesome. How's that for life? Do you know, we can speak life where there's death. Paul just grabbed hold of his original design, of who he truly was. When Christ came into his heart, he just knew, I'm not the same anymore. I was natural, but now I've been made supernatural. I'm now a son of the king. I'm going to live in that resurrection power. And he brings this guy to life. And you know what? This is for free. Do you know what the name Eutychus means? You're going to love it. It's really funny. Happy and fortunate. Eutychus means happy and fortunate. So here's one for us. When we start to speak life where there's death in people, yeah, they will be happy that you're doing it when you start to bring life, when you start to bring people to a place where they're going to grow in God, though their body might be shaking, they're going to be happy. And between you and I, they're exceptionally fortunate that they've come across as son and daughter of the king. Amen? The Bible says the Father, that Father God has done in us what he did in his son. So we've been made alive. So you know what? Someone has barrenness. And you go up and you just speak life into that. That's what we're called to do. We have been made alive. We can speak life where there was death. Jesus showed us. Paul showed us. It tells us in the Word. So we go to that barrenness and we speak life. Or or someone has anxiety and we speak wellness into them. Or someone has a sickness and we come along and we speak life into that sickness. Because that's what's inside of us. We've been made alive. How much are we missing the life that has been given to us if we see all of that, death, and never speak life into it? Yeah, This is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, reminding us of who you and I are, who we are, who we are, not what we're becoming, our minds catching up, but what you've already become, Yeah, a powerful son and daughter of God. We can speak life we've been made alive why don't we stand thank you Andrew who loves the story in Ezekiel 37 the valley of the dry bones yeah like what a brilliant story and so here's Ezekiel God takes him away in a dream and in this dream there's dry bones but I love the wording I love the wording he says to Ezekiel prophesy over the bones prophesy over the bones do you know prophecy today is uplifting it's encouraging it's strengthening and it's comforting it's not a woe is me yeah it's uplifting it's strengthening it's comforting yeah that's what it does and and in this dream in the old testament the lord says prophesy over the bones and the bones start to move and they rattle and we know that muscles and ligaments and sinews come and then it says prophesy again And as he prophesies, again, life comes. You know why I love that? Because we can speak life where there's death. Yeah, that's why, that's why, you've got to catch this. That's why Paul says in Corinthians, I encourage you all to go after all the gifts. Desire all the gifts, but especially, especially I want you to desire prophecy. Not so that we can be Gary Morgans, but so that we can speak life where there's death. Let's not make prophecy something out that it's not. It's about speaking life where there's death. It's about seeing some dry bones in someone and speaking life and watching those things rattle and shake and come together because it's Resurrection Sunday. You and I have been made alive. Colossians 2, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also are complete, Through your union with Christ. When people look to us, behind us is an empty tomb. And there's light emanating. You've got to picture yourself like that. There's life emanating from that empty tomb. And it absolutely engulfs your entire being. Because you're walking in glory. From glory to glory. From strength to strength the more you walk as a son and daughter of God, the more that reality kicks in, the more that your mind or you capture every thought, you put it into the submission of Christ and you grab hold of your true identity, your original design. Man, that's alive. That's alive. Man, that is alive. God's goal through that death and resurrection wasn't for us to heal everybody that we see yeah because there'll be times that we pray and we won't see that. but his goal was to bring us to a supernatural life where we'll step out supernaturally regardless of what we see yeah because that's that's the difference that person prayed for me i feel the same but he i don't know what it was about them they just came up and wanted to pray i want, I want to know a little bit more that, that woman prayed for me and now the pain in my leg's gone I, I'm not sure what's happened. Both people stepped out supernaturally. The goal is for us to be like His Son and step out supernaturally. Even Jesus couldn't do some miracles in His hometown, yeah? So that's not the goal. The goal is for us to know that we are alive. It's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. We're complete. We're full. So this Easter time, let's walk out in the reality the authority that we carry. Let's walk out in the reality of the power that's been gifted us. And let's not just thank God for our salvation. Certainly, yes, do. But don't stop there. Thank Him for what you've become, for what He's made you alive, alive in Him. Amen. Let's close our eyes for a moment and let's pray. Father, we thank You because no matter what we go through, Lord, we are never going <laughs> to stop the praise from coming out of our mouth. Father, you have made us alive. Where there was once death, there is now life. Father, I pray, God, on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, that we would grab hold of the power that you've placed within us. Because what you've done in your Son, you've done within us. And I pray, God, that we will start to walk out away from those places of death in our life, that we would start to walk into places of life. Father, I pray that we would realize how alive we've been made, that when we see death in people's lives, Father, we won't condemn them, but we'll speak life into them father that like Ezekiel in the dream father with a valley of dry bones that will know who we are your sons and your daughters father ambassadors of heaven and that will speak the governance of heaven over those bones father and we'll see them come back to life father you're a good God and father we are your children And father this weekend we've been reminded of what it took to make us that And we say thank you for your blood. Thank you for your death, horrendous death on the cross. God, our thank yous will never be enough and we will never diminish all that you've done. But I thank you, God, that that was the beginning of what you had planned. And we thank you for Resurrection Sunday. We thank you for Easter Sunday where you rose from the dead, where you showed us the life that we can live. And Father, we step into that today. Father, may the people that we encounter today experience that life oozing from us. Father, may our cup be so full to overflowing that those that walk past, Lord God, would receive a blessing. Father, like Saul coming down from the mountain with the prophets walking past him, Lord, he started to prophesy. I pray, Lord God, that as people walk past us, Lord, that they would get healing in their hands, that they would get pictures and words, Father, that they would understand that they have just encountered a son and daughter of the living God because we have been made alive. We thank you for where our home is. We thank you for the work that you have ready for us to do. Lord God, this day we say, help us with any unbelief. Father, any unbelief that we carry in any part of our life, Lord, like the Father before Jesus, we just say, help our unbelief. Lord, that we might walk into that reality and that truth and see it working out from us, through us, for those around us every day. We thank you for this day, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday. And all the people, In this house, gave God glory and said, amen. Can we give our God a round of applause? You know, that clap is just to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what we've become. Thank you for what you've made us. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We clap him, not because it's a show, because in our clap, there's faith. In our clap, there's a release into the atmosphere of all that he's done. So this day, it's not about someone laying hands on you. It's just about stepping out in the reality that you have been made alive in him and with him. Amen. So have an awesome Easter Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen.